Welcome to Input GR, a podcast by Dunamis Media. Hey folks, Bruce with Dunamis Media, and welcome to Input GR, where we ask for your input so we can have a better outcome. And today we have a very special guest, very good friend of ours, of Julie and I, and her name is Alicia Davis, and a very good friend, and she lives in Pontiac. Is that right, Alicia? Yes, born and raised in Detroit, but living in Pontiac now. That's great. So uh, we are going to talk about some very cool things coming up. Uh, She's an author and a poet. But before we get to our guest, I need to mention the Grand Rapids business of the day, and that is Larry Martin of Keller Williams. Larry has been in the West Michigan area. He's been doing real estate for the last 29 years, and uh, he has over 500 views on Zillow. A uh, very, very good friend of mine, and he does a very, very good job in real estate. Very reputable. If you'd like to buy or sell your home, uh, his number is 616-532-7200, and his website is LarryMartin.com. And at the end of this podcast, as usual, we always ask our guest a Michigan trivia question. So, Alicia, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing so well. God is so good. Good. Well, the reason, um, I mean, I, I really wanted to do this podcast because I know we have some very special things coming up here soon, but we're going to talk about that at the end of the podcast. Alicia, if you could at least tell us your story and uh, where you come from. I'm coming from a place of victory in Christ Jesus. Lord, how mercy. My story is I uh, had to literally overcome a lot of childhood trauma. And once I overcame that childhood trauma, it shifted my worldview. See, when we believe the, the things that the enemy, Satan, tells us about ourselves, when we, when we are a part of um, an environment of people who need healing themselves and, you know, surrounded by so much potential and, and, and just knowledge and uh, promise even, Sometimes it's hard to sort through uh, just the lies and the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I went through a lot of, uh, just a lot of rejection growing up. And that type of rejection caused me to think that I will never be accepted on this side of heaven. Now, of course, I know I accepted Jesus Christ in my life. And, but, but in terms of human beings, I thought that rejection was just imminent. Mm -hmm. So needing to heal from those soul wounds caused things that were really valid, like issues in society. Um, it, it, it made something that was valid and painful even just tormenting, you know. And when the Lord empowered me to uh, see through his eyes of forgiveness and his truth in my life, my worldview shifted. It was like a, it was like a ripple effect of, the more that I trust God with the deepest wounds of my soul, the more that I will have faith that he can help heal other people as well. Mm-hmm. Because I literally, I, I received a new personality when the Lord changed my life. And that's why I have so much hope in our society having the potential to unify and heal. Because if God did it for me, and I was in some of the most darkest tunnels, mm. I, I just want to share my hope. Sure. I just want to share my hope and, and be a voice of millions. It's a lot of people who have hope and they have testimonies that they're unspoken. And it's such a tragedy. There's so many unspoken testimonies. Right. Right. 
And you were raised, can I ask you, were you raised in a Christian home? I was raised in a Christian home, but it was um, not an empowered Christian home. Okay. See, it's one thing to know the gospel and know Jesus. It's another thing to know that we have the power to walk out what he calls us to do. And so just I grew up really believing that obeying scripture was unrealistic. That's pretty much how it was taught to me. But it was just unrealistic. Like, um, just we fall short of the glory of God, but worse than that, <laughs> because pretty much we, it's, 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 it was un, unspoken that it's impossible to live out this faith. Mm-hmm. So I was li- I was a defeated Christian. I was a defeated Christian for um, a big part of my walk, just walking in defeat. Just not even thinking that victory was uh, possible, you know, just just thinking that it was on a by and by, like uh, in the afterlife. Like that's where the peace and the love and the joy comes from. So I had to literally unlearn that okay. and then learn the victorious version of the gospel, which is we can do all things through Christ mm-hmm. who strengthens us. God only requires us to treat others the way we want to be treated, love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind, our neighbors as ourselves. The simplicity of the gospel, if I would have received that a long time ago, I, literally, I, I would be as tall as probably an oak tree spiritually. Mm-hmm. So um, just learning the simplicity of the gospel will help change sure. um, just the, the pattern of growth. So if you're like a lot of us, you were raised in a Christian home, but you didn't personalize it until later, right? Um, I would say that that would not be a good description because it was very personal. Okay. But um, because I, I had a deep, uh, I, I had a deep appreciation for God, like literally. Um, in high school, my friends who needed encouragement, they knew to come to me. They knew to come to me for for a word of encouragement that would be Christ centered. You know, mm-hmm. um, it it was it was personal, but it was in the the my understanding that God was always mad at me. That was that was a hindrance. Okay. Uh, that was because that was a misunderstanding. That was a mis that was a misintroduction. So I was willing to have this deep personal relationship with a God I thought was always angry. Because I, I, at the end of the day, I, I am a child of God, and I and I knew that there was a lot of truth to what I was being taught. But it took me a lot. It took me a lot to know that um, the, the the gravity of it not being any condemnation to those who walk in the Spirit and are in Christ Jesus. It's literally just a lot of the basic things that are uh, good for Christians who are new to the faith to be discipled under. I wasn't discipled. That was the biggest part. That okay. was the biggest part that was missing. I literally had a commitment. When I went to the altar, I I, I really wanted to serve the Lord, but I, I did not have a discipleship experience. And so a lot of a lot of the enemy, I mean, the enemy had a lot of room by me not being discipled. So okay. that's what it was. So you were talking, I, I, you said that you're angry. Um, was there any particular people that you were angry at? Um, were you angry at God? I, I became angry at God eventually, <laughs> like later on down the line. But 
I really I had to forgive uh, um, my parents uh, for just um, like I was I've been estranged from my mom, uh, you know, just just things that they needed to do in their own healing journey. Mm. I had to forgive them for. So I was angry because um, just grief. That's that's what it was. I was I was grieving uh, just a healthy childhood. So that's what it, that's where the anger came in. Okay. So it, it let's this takes us to your book. Okay. Uh, you're angry, and it sounds like there was some hatred there. But it's it's called from hatred to healing. Tell us a little bit about that book, if you could. Okay. Now, from hatred to healing goes back to um, the time in my life when I was confronting some family members and friends too, and even, and even just society, the disappointments compounded, the disappointments compounded. I literally shifted from a place of love, joy, and peace to focusing on, um, just what went wrong. I, when I focused on what went wrong, then the anger, not only the anger set in, hopelessness set in. And because I was not looking through the lens of grace and mercy at a lot of my family members, um, and also just out of Thanksgiving that, you know, God had brought me to where I was, because I was judgmental of them, it became... Uh, a trap it became a trap for me to start uh judging just pretty much the world judging society uh just de uh, falsely determining that there's no love on this earth for me okay and so from hatred to healing came when the lord again helped me to not have hatred towards uh, some of the disparities in society because again um, reconciliation the ministry of reconciliation is not just uh, just one area of our lives we have uh, family reconciliation we have friendship uh, of course spiritual reconciliation so from hatred to healing is that uh, that chapter in my life <laughs> where after the Lord empowered me to forgive uh, my family and just literally pray for it. Because I believe the people who hurt me the most, they have a great victories ahead. Mm -hmm. They have great victories ahead. And I pray for their victories, and I invest in their victories, the words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. we, all, we all need redemption. We right. all need redemption. Right. And so when I was able to forgive them, it, it became a ripple effect. And, okay, well, we, we all can heal. We mm. all can heal if we let God work on us mm. and just give them give everybody else and, and and over to him. They have free will, but but from hatred to healing is a racial reconciliation book. And right. it's it's just a it's just a part. It's a part of the journey of 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 the ministry of reconciliation. Mm. Mm. That's good. And so, so the impetus or the motivation for that book was that you saw was uh, a, the racial component. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes. 
So from hatred to healing is specifically when I was in a dark tunnel of hopelessness, when I was convinced that everybody rejects me, <laughs> like my family, um, society. Cause I don't know if your audience have figured out by my voice or not, but I'm an African-American woman from Detroit. And, you know, it, rejection is a big part of our experience, uh, just day-to-day interactions. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we can't, it's not our job to go into someone's mind to determine whether it's racism or not. But just, just the uh, economic disparities, social disparities, and, you know, uh, different types of racism. I literally was convinced, uh, due to the devil lying to me, of course, mm-hmm. that I'm not going it's, it's to, it's just no love out here for me. So not healing from my soul wounds was literally fueling fueling just social hatred Hmm. social hatred and the lord empowered me to go from hatred to healing Mm -hmm. when i i just added his the factor of his amazing grace in that Mm -hmm. i too i too need to be saved Mm -hmm. and it sounds to me like i mean to me and, and to you i'm sure you've experienced it you were just saying the lord empowered you to do that so as I see it, the only way we can get through that hatred is through Jesus, right? Amen. 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 Because my the hatred was, was fueled by lies. Mm-hmm. I am loved. I am accepted. Mm-hmm. I you know, I'm safer than I that I was giving myself credit for. Mm-hmm. There are a lot there are a lot of dangers out here. Mm-hmm. But I mean the way my mind was working uh it, it was, this was beyond racial tension. I had anxiety, mm. you know, I, I literally, I made up in my mind that this was going to be my cause of death. Like, like you know, just uh, social disparities. I, I was forecasting that this is going to be my demise. And so when the Lord healed me, something beautiful came out of it, which was a, a vision to be a part of the solution. The very thing that I was afraid of, the Lord has empowered me to help change. Hmm. You know, it reminds me of the time you spent the night and Julie and I had Alicia over. And remember Alicia when we watched um, Woodlawn and uh, where they had, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was down in Alabama where there was segregation back in 70, 1970 or 71. And segregation was, was pushed by Governor Wallace. And um, there was so much division there but a chaplain comes, even within the own fo- their own football team, because you had black and you had white. But when that chaplain came, when these guys got born again, the healing began. And it was amazing to watch that. Yes. Wasn't that something? Because as we as believers, I mean, when we get saved, we shouldn't, we shouldn't really see color. We see our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Yes. Well, well we should see the beauty of their creation, but without right. prejudging it. That's, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's very cool. Um, I want to talk about your poetry. Um, how long have you been a poet, and what got you into that? I literally started writing poetry in elementary school. So I've been, I've been a poet for over 25 years, but professionally since 2006. Mm, wow. Yeah, and, and your poems are amazing. Let me ask you this. Do most of your poems deal with the racial healing? 
No, no. Um, the majority of my poems deal with inner healing. Okay, okay. So I have a book called The Sky Is Not The Limit. Okay. And a lot of that is um, back to the soul wound. People who suffer from uh, just deep rejection, be it abuse or abandonment, um, just low self-esteem, insecurities, uncertainty, uncertainty. It, it really ministers to just allowing God to build build us up in, in just ways that um, the world doesn't offer. Okay. And and literally just an, an identity. It's an establishment of identity and ability to overcome. Hmm. That's good. Well, I want to talk about um, your event coming up. Uh, tell us a little bit about March 4th on March 4th. Yes. Okay, so the vision is to march forward in unity on each March 4th. So March 4th as in forward, March 4th on each March 4th, the date. It's, it's time for healing. It is time to heal. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it talks about the different seasons for uh, the purposes that God has under heaven. And it's time for us to heal our families. It's time for us to heal the church. And it's time for us to heal our communities. And so the Lord blessed to have a vision of March 4th is now a national holiday. Mm, that's awesome. It's now a national holiday on the same, thank you, Jesus, mm, on the same a... list of Good Friday, as Good Friday and National Day of Prayer. It's a, it's a holiday for Christians that focuses on the ministry of reconciliation. It's a racial healing and racial reconciliation holiday. Mm. So it's going to inspire and challenge us to not be so divided as a body of Christ because it's still Jesus' will for us to be one. Amen. Amen. And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, this was Alicia's brainchild or got a revelation from God, right? So this is a fantastic thing. I'm excited about it. Um, if you could tell us, and it's coming up this March 4th, which is Wednesday, and uh, let's talk about that. How can people watch it? Will they be able to watch Facebook Live? Yes. So Friends of Reconciliation, they are uh, on their website. Mm -hmm. They will be streaming the inauguration. Friends of Reconciliation. The that supports. Is that the website? Yes, Friends, Friends of, of Reconciliation. Go ahead. The, the website is actually powerful. The website is weareforward.love. Um, W-E-A-R-E-F-O-R dot L-O-V-E. Great. Um, yes, yeah, so weareforward.love. Mm -hmm. And they and it will be streamed live on um, on their social media, and uh, I think the website also. So yes, yes, and I should say our because I'm the CEO of Friends of Reconciliation. Well, that's great, Alicia. I am excited about that. Is, is it all right if I let your audience know that it's it's uh, more than one way to celebrate the holiday? Yes, yes. Um, okay, okay. So a fun way is to break bread with different. Uh, your friends from different ethnic backgrounds mm -hmm. enjoy uh, enjoy a variety of ethnic foods with worldwide genres of Christian music. Oh yes, because good. Revelation, yes, yes, Revelation seven nine says that every nation, not not some nations, but every nation, tribe, and tongue will worship God together. Mm -hmm. So 
where the spirit of the Lord is, uh, there is liberty, but we, we have to get to a place of unity. Hmm. We have to get to a place of unity. And there's also uh, scriptures of unity available and a prayer of racial healing and reconciliation available. It's, it, to, to, go, um, to learn more about the holiday in the different ways you can celebrate with your friends, your family, or reflect in prayer and scripture, uh, you can go to uh, weareforlove slash March 4th, and the National Day Archive also has a description on their website as well. That's excellent. And um, was there anything else you need to add with that? It, it would be very wonderful if uh, people would consider signing the I Stand for Unity Declaration. There are eight virtues of unity, and there's a scripture that aligns with each virtue that's also available on weareforlove a lot of people don't know what to say in, sometimes in conversations pertaining to racial healing and reconciliation. And we must be louder about what we stand for than what we are against. This is going to help people have words. I stand for love. I mm. stand for repentance. I stand for redemption. I stand for impartiality. Mm. So I invite people to, to sign the declaration and use it in your conversation and in your treatments, treatment with others. Our goal is to get a million signatures in 2020. That's fantastic. So, um, Alicia, how else can they get in touch with you? Do you have a website? Yes, I have a website with uh, uh, a lot of my spoken word um, and just healing, a lot of resources of healing through the creative art of spoken word poetry. AliciaDavis.com. That's A-L-I-C-E-A-D-A-V-I-S, AliciaDavis.com. Fantastic. Well, Alicia, it's been a pleasure talking with you, my friend. And I uh, will look forward to talking to you again soon. And I would like to ask that Michigan trivia question, if I could. Yes, yeah. yes, please. Okay. So, um, out of the Great Lakes, what Great Lake does not touch Michigan? Is it Ontario or Erie? I would say Erie. It's actually Ontario. I actually thought it was Erie Ontario? as well. Yep, I did. And you know what? I kind of did too, but it says Lake Ontario is the only great lake that doesn't touch Michigan. It's over the border in Canada. Portions of Lake Michigan, Erie, Superior, and Huron all lie within Michigan's borders. So yeah, I didn't, you know, I wasn't 100% sure either. And I'm, you know, I've been a Michiganer for a long time. So anyway, hey, Alicia, fantastic. You know, you know I, I picked Erie. I wasn't sure, but I, I get my guess was Erie. Because I, I thought it would, would be eerie to have a lake, a great lake that not touch Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all good. It's all good. Well, Lisa, uh, I'm looking forward to March 4th, and um, I pray that uh, it's a success. So it's been a pleasure talking with you and everyone out there. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep listening and keep learning. I'm Bruce with Input GR. You have a blessed day.